Welcome to Naming, Naming It, where we discuss pop culture, current events, and how they relate to the way that we live our lives, all through the lens of two black psychologists. Naming It is dedicated to acknowledging the elephant in the room, validating the lived experience of people of color. Coming to you from the Bay Area, California, we thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Bedford Palmer. And I'm Dr. Lamisha Hill. Music on Naming It is provided by Lee England Jr., the sole violinist. Good morning, evening, afternoon. Welcome to Naming It. It's episode number 10. Quiet storm. Quiet storm. Do y'all want to know why this is a quiet storm episode? Because once again, Bedford and Lamisha have managed to chit-chat until the sun goes down. And now we are sitting in the dark evening, once again, recording this podcast. I don't think we've been chit-chatting. I think we had to like put the episode together um it, even though like we kept trying to you kept trying to start us off and i'm like wait that whole section ain't done yet but uh you know that's we how we get you know, it together y'all y'all know, we're doing it for right? y'all that are on the quiet storm as well quiet storm no join us on that okay we gotta get the energy up we can't we can't stand the quiet okay, storm all right, all right. Like, no quiet yeah, storm energy yeah yeah we you Let's know people listen to this 10. early in the morning episode 10 episode 10 yo it's a milestone it's man it's a milestone Isn't it? yes it is I mean that's 10 episodes it's like almost 10 hours of like of, of content out there it's, it's a amazing. lot amazing I think for a podcast it's um that, isn't that something it's supposed to be like 10 episodes means that you've kind of made sure that you it's not a fly by night that you're really putting in yeah Consistent effort. Yeah, yeah. Ten weeks. Ten weeks, yo. That's cray. Have we missed a week? Nope. Look at that, y'all. Ten weeks uninterrupted. Let's go. Um, so what what else? Get so, like uh, us. Get like us. <laughs> yeah, all y'all all y'all inconsistent podcasters, y'all need to get on that consistency and read the same article we wrote re- reread before we started. Hashtag step your game up. Step your game up. Pulled it back. Thank you. That was nice. That was nice. Uh, we're we're going to do a uh, uh, presentation about the podcast someday uh, and soon at a conference that's coming to near you. But anyway, we'll talk about that later because, well, that might be episode 20. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we want to give some quick shout outs to start us, start us off with. Yeah. We got a new review. Yes, we do. So we want to give us. A- Big thank you to E.A. Samuel for giving us a review. We appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Thank you, our friend. And I recently went to a Black to Cal event at the University of California, Berkeley, and there was a panel discussion and a keynote address by Mark Lamont Hill, who has just released a new book called Nobody. So Bedford and I, we were fortunate enough to get some signed autographed copies of that book, and we are going to read it and maybe bring some of the material into the show. But I just want to acknowledge Mark Lamont Hill and all the work that he's doing uh, in the areas of social justice and moving the needle forward around the conversations for black folk. Well, you know, I want to, um, I want to acknowledge that I didn't get to go to this. Um, I didn't know about it, but then again, I think I was teaching that night anyway, so it wouldn't matter. But I want to point out that um, the reason I have one of the books is because Dr. Hill went out of her way and had 
Mark, uh, go ahead and sign a book for me and uh, and brought it and showed it to me today. And now I have a book that's signed by Mark Lamont Hill because uh, Dr. Lamisha Hill, are y'all related? We are not, but I did introduce myself that way and said, hi, Dr. Hill. I'm also Dr. Hill. You know that if y'all got together, you wouldn't have to change your, your names. Who said anything about getting together with nobody? I'm just saying. That is quite presumptuous. You don't know if the man's married. I, I don't know that either. Oh, but no. I just know you were kind of glowing when you were talking about him earlier. Pepperoni is trying to put me on blast. Got that soul glow. Oh, I saw him. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, thank you, Mark Malant Hill. And that is a shout out for you and your new book. Yeah, and when we get to read it, we will probably, I mean, like, I'm sure that we'll have plenty to say. Um, thanks. Uh, thanks, bro. And, uh, yeah, so we're, we're, I wanted to um, shout out that there was a wonderful, huge, super important milestone this week. Like, so important, so deeply and utterly profoundly important that everyone in the world should just know that Star Trek had its 50th anniversary. So all y'all Trekkers and Trekkies out there and the people who love them just wanted to throw out there that, like, yeah, you know, naming it is a supporter of Star Trek. At least I am, because Dr. Hill is looking at me hella skeptical right now. You're bringing down the mood completely. Um, y'all, I'm just over here shaking my head, because you know I don't know nothing about no damn Star Trek. Dang, why you got to curse at the Star I Trek? I didn't curse at it. I said you, darn. I didn't hear darn. I heard, I heard, the, darn. I heard the D word. It darn. Dang. It's in there. Darn. Like, Southern it. style. Look, darn. First of all, I just want to, you know, just to, to add to that, I just like to say, you know, I, I put a post on, on Facebook about this because it's very important to me because whether you're talking about race and, and power or culture or you're, you're talking about learning about anthropology or learning about, like, just, like, the way things work or the fact that, like, you know, the first interracial kiss ever was on Star Trek, the original series. I'm just saying, like, I'm talking about my, my like, like the beautiful Nichelle, Nich- uh, Nichelle Nichols and the, the wonderful, like, Avery Brooks and the talented everybody else on there. LeVar Burton? LeVar Burton, yo. LeVar Burton, Whoopi Goldberg, yo. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying, like. I'm sure that there are some wonderful, wonderful things within Star Trek that I have, I've missed in my life. And you're just going to have to fill me in on those things. They're on Nick at Night and other shows. I mean, this in syndication. I don't know. Nick probably, at Night? I don't know. Something on TV. I'm trying to give you a reference <laughs> from when you possibly had a television. You know? Thank you, because um, I don't have a TV. I know. So you can get them on Netflix. Yo. I mean, right. This whole book's about... I, so I believe you. I believe you on the importance, and I know that Star Trek is important to a lot of people yeah. around the world. 50 years. So 50 years to everybody that's whoop, Half whoop. a century, yo. Whoop, whoop. Okay. It's star date. No, I'm not going to go there on you. Yeah. Um, anyway. Moving okay. on. Moving on. So I um, also wanted to do, so are we in the check-ins now? I think it's time for us to check in. Ooh, check-ins. Uh, do you want to check in first? Sure. Yeah, yeah, important stuff. Yeah, because today is actually 9-11-2016. We don't ever really date our episodes, but I do want to put that out there today. Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> so I just want to give, I just want to give. What? Do you want me to, do you want to edit it out? No. <laughs> I just wanted to say happy birthday to my sister. 
Natasha Hill all the way in Paris, France. Happy, happy birthday. Also, big happy birthday to my girl, India. And I have a really special friendiversary with my amiga favorita, Dr. Diana Pena. It's been 10 years. Uh, happy friendiversary. So I want to, you know, I was given a look um, when when Lamisha was saying the thing about 9-11. And it's because, like many of us, I think that I've been conditioned to like put that into the category of like deep conservatism. I mean, like I, it, it it's it's hard sometimes to 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 figure out. And we're going to talk about this whole idea of what's patriotic and what's not. Uh, but since we're you know it is nine eleven, I just like you know, I remember when the whole. Di- I mean, I was you know like most of us who are alive right now, who are adults, we were all there when it happened. In terms of we were alive and we saw it on TV. I remember seeing the planes hitting the 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 buildings. I was in. Orange County in California, um, and it was accident by my roommate at the time. Uh, I don't want to name him. Uh, let's just say he's a champion. Um, he busted in my room talking about, we're under attack, um, which was, you know, what? how do you even, you don't even know what to say to that as a person pre-9-11. And then when you turn the TV on and seeing that, it was like, oh, my God, what's happening? And, I mean, we went into this whole panic uh, and we went and we're buying water and stuff as though something was going to affect us. You know, um, it was it was it was a very interesting, scary, crazy uh, moment. And, um, you know, a lot of a lot of really important things happened based on that happened mm-hmm. during that mm-hmm. Um and, like, just seeing some of the things that you saw that day, I mean, there's things that I'm never going to forget that are, like, literally traumatically stuck in my brain. Yeah. Um, and I think many people, it's right up there. It's the same. I mean, it's not the exact same because less people die. But, I mean, for me also, the Challenger, when, when it exploded, like, I remember that being an, mm-hmm. a, a grade school kid. But, um, you know, I think that the thing that, you know, if I can kind of bring it to some of the things that we spend a lot of time on it was one of the first times uh, that it no, it probably was literally the first time that a tragedy on that scope was filmed live. Mm-hmm. I would um, agree with you on that, absolutely. And we can see how incent. I don't even know, like how how crazy it made our entire country mm-hmm. um, to see all that. And I wonder if maybe we can take some sort of um, if we can. Think about that along the same lines as what's happening right now with all the videotapes of, right. of things that that's that's happening in the mm-hmm. street, um, and how seeing something makes it different. You know, I mean, the Oklahoma City bombings happened, and other like huge bombings happened, and we didn't immediately go to war over things like that. You know, we didn't like the national identity didn't shift and change because of it. But watching those two towers go down, uh, mm-hmm. that did something to us. Uh, and I think right now, watching, you know, black people getting shot in the street is doing something to us, uh, which is, yeah, I don't have like a a, a deep point to make, but it, it seems like there's a connection there. Uh, but yeah, it's 9-11. It's a, it's a sad day. A lot of bad stuff has happened. A lot of people have died, mm-hmm. uh, not just in the towers. Absolutely. Uh, so. And then the ongoing effects of those um 
folks who were first responders or other people, trauma and loss of families, you know. Our soldiers. Yes. You know? Like how many of our, our own American troops have lost their lives in, in, in the conflicts that have gone since then? I mean, mm-hmm. it's been 15 years and we're still at war. Well, I don't know if we actually tend to put, like figure like say that in reality that we're mm-hmm. still we've been in war for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So. So that was my check in. That was your check in. Happy a, birthday. Uh. People. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was going to talk about the get down, which feels real frivolous right now. Uh, we but, can make it light. We can come back and forth. You know, that's how black people do it. You know. Yeah, tragic comedy. We gotta gotta make something from nothing. Absolutely. Uh, so tell us about the get down. The get down, yo, is uh, you watched it. I, uh, I've yeah, been done watched you, it. You you did watch it. You put me onto it. It's it's interesting. I mean, like I feel this like the shifting of of gravities. You know what I'm saying? Like where you've seen something, I haven't seen it. I, I mean, it is because it's on Netflix, right? That's Pretty your medium. Much. Yep. Um, it's awesome. I was <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? Like yeah. I'm, I'm watching this show and I'm just thinking like this is the best thing since slice. I mean, like I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it at all. Yeah, I'm just saying like if you if y'all haven't seen it, if you haven't seen, but like if you have any kind of romantic ideas about like Wu Tang around like uh, the original MCs, like basically this is what I'm gonna tell you. If you love the movie Brown Sugar, right? Like, if you go to the very beginning of Brown Sugar when they are having that cipher moment, right? And you, you just made the movie about the cipher moment? That's what we're talking about with The Get Down. Okay, Bedford, I will translate for those that may not know about the cipher moment in Brown Sugar. And I would say that it's a coming-of-age story. Uh, you do the Hollywood. With, yeah, yeah right. it's right. coming-of-age story, story. Love story. Um, family... A mix of religion, but, you know, with the backdrop and a constant theme of the power of music. True. And it's about Shaolin doing his Shaolin thing because he watched Bruce Lee movies, even though he don't know how to fight. But anyway, it's, it's awesome. Love this show. Love this show. You should watch all six episodes. You saw all six of them? All six. I'm waiting for part two. Oh, my goodness. Okay. It needs to happen soon. Yes, Netflix. Does. We're saying hurry up. Can't make us wait. Yes. So as we transition around films and things in that are visual, our next piece moving into what's going on. Yeah. What's going on? So we wanted to, to uh, hip everybody to Southside with you and the new movie uh, that is featuring Tika Sumter and who is her co-host Ooh, or co-lead? Uh... Tika Sumter and it's not in front of me, so we have to look it up because we forgot to like uh, we write forgot down. to put it in. We'll put it in the notes, but he, you know, he makes a good a good Barack. But essentially, they are uh, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and it's the story of their first date. That's true. Um, okay, so dang it. Okay, we'll we'll put it in the notes. I'll, I'll leave it alone because you'll hear all this clicking. So. While I'm looking for who yeah. it is. So we were going to play just a little bit of the film for y'all. Yeah. Celebrate that black love, black excellence. Black love and black excellence. Uh, there we go. There's heat. There's heat. Hey, Chicago, what are you doing? I keep cool. 
Michelle. Thought it wasn't a date. It isn't. Going to an awful lot of trouble for just another smooth-talking brother. He's a summer associate I told y'all about, the one from Harvard Law. He invited me to a community event. So what's this boy's name? Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Yeah, we thought that we'd stop with that because uh, that's like one of the realest moments, right? Like you come in, you talk to your, you know, you're going to tell your pops about this guy with the funny name, you know what I mean? And then (laughs) he's going to be like that, right? Yep. Like, what do you think? Is that is that how if for so Papa Hill? How would Papa Hill say say? <laughs> he would Brock? probably say the same thing. My dog, my my dad can't even uh, pronounce my my dog's name. He he just my I come from a family of folk that'll just give you a new name if they can't <laughs> say your name. I I even have a different name in my family. And what pray tell is your different name in your family? So my family name in the South is they call me Misa. 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 That's all right. Okay, don't if you if you know Dr. Hill professionally or not professionally, don't be trying to throw Misa out there because you remember she got yeah. she got La things Misa, in her trunks. La Misa. Yeah, yeah, Misa. La Misa. Yeah, I was a uh, see. My first name is Bedford, right? Uh huh. But the funny story, well, it's it's funny if I'm just going to throw the funny name piece, right? So it's totally an English name. So anyone who speaks English fluently should be able to say it. Apparently, that's a problem for most people, though. Uh, I get a lot of weird stand-ins but my family calls me frank because that's one of my middle names Hmm. Uh, and it's what my dad goes by uh so yeah like i was my my nickname was my middle name so it was frank and you put ie after i'm not gonna say the whole thing together oh Uh, frankie you know i don't don't go by that you don't Uh, go by frankie who calls who calls you frankie though just just you gotta be just a fam not even just a fam it's like moms my sister's my dad calls me Frank. He's he's moved to Frank. Uh, and I think it's because he understands. Mm. Uh, but if you're in your immediate family or you're not somebody who I can, like, put in a headlock, then you're either going to be on Frank or Bedford. And if you don't know me from fam, it's Bedford. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Don't 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 get it twisted. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like. That movie is uh, it's out now, right? Uh, is it out yet? It said August, so yeah, yeah it's September. Yeah, it's, it's out. out. So we, uh, I want to go see it. I, I definitely want. I'm trying to do that maybe on a date night. Aww. Uh, <laughs> date night. What? What? That's so sweet. You gotta have date night. Date night's important. Um, in fact, just for y'all, I mean, we should. This is kind of getting into the relationship stuff, right? So like. Um, one of the things, if y'all, if you're in a, a, a long-term relationship, sometimes you got to schedule stuff. Sometimes you got to make sure you make time for each other. So, uh, me and my wife, we've had a standing date night for years, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, we, we, we tend to go get something to eat, you know, we will maybe go and get some wine, you know, or we'll go and hang out somewhere that's pretty, um, uh, it's hard to get the movie in sometimes because like by the time we we both work, so we'll be mm-hmm. working in, until it's like a little later and we're both, you know, we're not 21 year olds. So you get past nine, 10 o'clock, it's time to, <laughs> to maybe lay your head down. So, you, you know, the movie doesn't always work out, but tell me uh, about it. Tell me about right? it. Right. But I, you got to do day nights, right? So we will have way more tips and conversations on relationships next week when we feature uh, Dr. Conjit Page, who's a psychologist, who's going to be talking about any of the intersections of love, relationships, um, sex and sexuality, intimacy, all those good things. We're going to be talking about sex. We're going to talk about sex, y'all. Baby, let's talk about you and me. 
Come on, you know you want to sing it. I'm not going to... Uh, Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. I like how you're throwing in a little extra on there. You put some hot sauce. What did you say? Your Let's hot sauce about... on here. Yeah, no. I'm not... Let's talk about... Let's. You should see her right now. <laughs> it's not just that she's singing. It's like she's like she's pop locking <laughs> and like looking at me like she's throwing the energy at me. Like because I I was hoping that you would fill in some of the blanks. They weren't I'm, they weren't singing I'm, so they weren't singing words. It was just a blank for you to yeah you know it's it's I don't know I just it's 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 not happening right now. All um right. But I just think it's going to be fun because, so just to give you all some background, Dr. Page is one of, um, one of both of our good friends. Uh, she's an accomplished leader in, in the field of psychology. She's uh, uh, doing a lot uh, in terms of mentoring and, and, and building new psychologists and new students. Um, and she really knows uh, a lot about uh, how human relationships work and, um, she even, te- you know, she teaches um, the human sexuality course um, at, at the college that she works at. Um, I actually teach that, too. Uh, so you might hear a different side of me because, yeah. uh, you know, all the filters. That's why we have that explicit on there. So, Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. We, I did notice that. We do have the explicit yeah, content you know, warning. We talk about some of that stuff. Uh, but not this time. So in case, you know, you're listening with your kids, it's okay. I won't say anything out of pocket. But I'm looking forward to to, to having some fun and, and talking to Dr. Page. And it's going to be a new thing for us having a guest. You know, you're used yeah. to just hearing us. Yeah, first guest. Yeah. So that'll be episode 11. Cool. All right. Awesome. So what's that? What's up? What else is up? <laughs> Did you say what's sex? I said what's next? You said what's up. Well, you uh, said what's... I'm all just right. saying. All right. I, I might have minced my words up. So what is next? All right. Uh, so what's up next? What's going on next? You, you were going to say something you're having tears about. Oh, yes. Okay. So I know that y'all might have seen that Allen Iverson was inducted into the basketball hall of fame and he had everybody and their mama crying, um, as he was sharing about his journey and acknowledging all of those who helped him along the way. And for, for those who aren't familiar with Allen Iverson, I think that, and not that I'm a super, super, you know, fan or know all about his basketball career, et cetera. But he does have a documentary on Netflix, which really highlights, I think, a really important moment in his life and in his journey where he was uh, incarcerated for a crime that he didn't commit, which really disrupted his basketball career and could have been the end of his basketball career. So mm-hmm. to, to, to see, you know another intersection of criminal justice, the the treatment of black men in the world, and for him to come through the other side and be in that moment, it's really, really beautiful. So Yeah. So like uh Dr. Hill actually was watching that while we were trying to, to set up and she started to cry. I literally had to shed a tear. She shed multiple tears. There were tears is AI. AI? What does that mean? Alan Iverson, AI. He, oh I'm not AI. a big basketball fan. Okay. He's cool. I, I he's one of my the guys that I know in basketball. I, he, All right, grumpy. Know, grumpy. <laughs> wow. I that's not grumpiness. I'm not I just not a big basketball fan. It's not not my not my thing. Well, if you're not a basketball fan, do you know what else is going on in the in the in the world, in the country right now? Are you you're you're you're, you're indicating that the football season started? Yeah. Yeah. It's it started. I've been waiting all day for Sunday night. 
Why are you singing so much? Because there's a song for everything. And like NFL, like they're they're known for their theme songs. Uh, That's not how it goes right now. Are they known for concussions? Oh, my goodness. I'm just saying, like, you know. Can we stay with the positive for a little while? uh, Carrie Underwood just redid the theme song, you know. Positive results for those brain injuries. I'm just saying, it's hard. I'm a football. Okay, look, I'm a I'm a football fan, right? I, I actually am. I was I played football in high school. I played like the the um the the I was uh I was actually a, a, a Mirror Mesa Charger. I actually wore the blue and gold. I'm from San Diego. It was a big deal to actually be the hometown team in in my pop Warner, and we had undefeated seasons and all this stuff. It was like a big deal. I feel like I learned a lot about manhood through football. And now, I'm like, you, I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Learn about manhood. Working hard, like taking, being able to deal with pain, being able to like push yourself. When I was in, when I played football, like my first season of playing football, I, I had like a a a, a minor, like a, a middle ways injury. I pulled a muscle in my in my leg, and it was one of those muscles that like you just can't um, you can't walk very well when you pull that muscle. You can't run. You have to like. It's just not something you can play on immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I did is I trained, you know, and I trained on my own while everybody else was doing their stuff. I'm running heels and doing all this these different things that I never thought I would do. But I was inspired by everyone wanting to work hard. And I was inspired by encouragement. I was inspired by my dad. I was inspired by all these things. And I was doing work. I mean, that was that, that might have been one of the fundamental lessons in my life about, like, how to move forward. And now I have to add to it that I might have brain injuries from the five, the four or five years of football that I played because the brain injuries don't just happen when you get a concussion. They happen with every single hit. And I did a lot of hitting. I was on the O-line for a while, mm-hmm. you know, so it's 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 um uh, it's a mixed bag. It feels it feels weird now. Right. There was a there's a whole film and I don't know if. There's two different films around NFL and concussion. I think there's like a frontline documentary and then there's an actual film about um, one of the doctors who was instrumental in trying to highlight the impact of concussions on the brain. Um, and the that Will being, Smith movie? Yeah. Um, is that a Will Smith movie? Yeah. Is it called? It's called Concussion, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he plays the Nigerian doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would agree with you, and I think that the NFL season is a time that a lot of folks are really excited about. You got your fantasy leagues, Boy. and you got your teams, and weren't you calling the NFL the No Fun League though? So it is the No Fun League, and we're gonna talk about why it's the No Fun League because you know black people can't do nothing. I'm sorry. That might need to be edited out. Why? That's- <laughs> Why? That's real. We don't need to edit that. No. We're catching hell everywhere. <laughs> brother just We're- try to sit brother just take a knee and everybody wanna get up on him. I that's exactly right. Yeah. You can't dance in the end zone. You can't give a kid a, a game ball. You can't do nothing. Well, I mean, those are different I was talking about, you know, black power and stuff. You, I mean, well, you know, I'm just trying to mix it together. Like they are very, very rigid and well, I mean, but like they're in this case, so we're talking about Colin Kaepernick, right? And like the the whole taking a knee during the the national anthem. 
And um, basically, you know, the NFL actually hasn't been handling this in a poor in a poor fashion. They've they haven't fined anyone. They haven't like pulled anyone. They haven't messed with people's contracts. They they seem to be. I mean, what? Well, I feel like I've read and heard in other places that some of the higher ups in different spaces have compared Colin Kaepernick to um, other players who have been convicted of very serious crimes in the world, have, have been responsible for murders and for deaths, and comparing him to being like enemy number one in the NFL for his standing in social justice. So I think it's mixed. Um, so you're saying that the the plantation owners uh, uh, in, in the football industry uh, are, are racist? Is that what you're trying to say? Whoa. I'm just saying. You just named it. I am. Yeah, like, we I, can go, I we can get all deep on that. I, I mean, I, I, I'm you know, I, sometimes speechless. I get, sometimes I get caught up because I, I uh, and I, I know that this is a little bit hard for, for folks around me when we're talking about some of this stuff because I don't expect people to be other than themselves. And mm-hmm. the, the whole way that the football industry is run all the way going back to college, the NCAA, all that stuff. It's, it, it feels very much like a plantation, like a farm where you're growing, you're, you're going and you're growing these black people mm-hmm. and, and brown people and white people and whoever, whoever. but like mm-hmm. they're using these folks' bodies, they're destroying those bodies and then they throw them away. Mm-hmm. They pay them a lot of money if you are able to be the star and all that stuff. But then you can't enjoy it in your old age because you're going to have brain damage. I mean, mm-hmm. like, one of my favorite NFL players, I was a linebacker. Um, and I, I identified deeply with that position. And I was in San Diego. So Junior Seau was mm-hmm. my stuff. Mm-hmm. He was the he was the man. And he was the man not only because he was good at what he did, but he was good at being a good guy doing what he did. Mm-hmm. He rallied his team. He took care of people. He was a nice guy all around. He'd come out and he would do, like, fundraisers and toy drives and do all the stuff. You see him in the community. He was a champ. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, and, you know, whatever you want to say about the Chargers, we're the best team ever. That's what I would say. But um, like, I roll. If... <laughs> anyway, uh, what's your team? The Bears. Okay. So, yeah, what? You guys did a dance once. Okay, moving on. Um, or iconic. Yeah, yeah. Iconic. Chicago Bears are an iconic Chicago's team. Chicago's iconic. I mean, every team's iconic. No, they, we all, no, they all have icons. Mm, 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 I would not say that every team. They don't have a better song than us. Anyway. Yeah. So um, you were saying about Junior Seau being an important figure in your football memory. Yeah, and in the end, he commits suicide. And does it in order to put forward this to 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 try to prove to people that this stuff is really happening um and yeah for me that was that was a deeply affecting moment when i when I first heard about that in fact it still is like it's hard to talk about mm-hmm. um because this is like you know i i don't I wouldn't say I have many heroes, you know mm-hmm. i mean like not. Not like celebrity heroes. You know, you have your family, people who you look up to. But, like, a person I never really met before, I didn't really have that. Um, there weren't that many people who I can identify with. Junior Seau I identify with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he didn't know what he was getting into when he took when he took on his career. Uh, and 
he wasn't able to enjoy the life he probably should have been able to enjoy. He should still be walking around enjoying his life. Um, and the industry knew what was happening based on historical, mm-hmm. you know, documents and stuff, these movies and all these other stuff. And yet, it's, it's even right now, it's not being taken care of. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, and I want to hijack our, you know, I want to talk about the the Colin Kaepernick, but like, yeah, the 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 that industry is is a deeply problem problematic and flawed industry. Yeah, and I would say that that problematic piece rolls up to the college level and and NCAA Division One football and players not being reimbursed um, for their time and their commitments. And True. the whole there's a deep 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 argument, and I was really. Um, impressed and encouraged by the Northwestern football players uh, a couple years ago who attempted to form a union, which was, um, did not go through, but I, I think it's, it's a bigger, it's a, it's an issue that on a number of scales. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to Colin, um, in our real talk, in our real talk, uh, real talk. Whoop, whoop. So, you know, this has been going on for weeks now, and we wanted to actually bring this up in the last episode, but we got caught up on, uh, you know, Brother Parker doing his his nonsense and stuff. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's fair or not, but like, you know, I, I'm it's just fair. It's fair. Yeah. It's fair. It is fair. This is the whole thing about not being able to talk badly about black folks. No, it's not that. That's not why I was hesitating. It's because he was acquitted. So I have a hard time. Just be. <sighs> But that, that's last week. That's, that's last, last week. week. Okay. But I just want to recognize, you know, this is the this comes fundamentally back to the issue that I tried to highlight, which is that black people are having a really hard time taking a stand and positioning themselves in a manner which you may be moving against what is actu- actually legal or what were the legal outcomes or the facts versus what are what are our familial ties to a community and being, you know, with that community for that community or by speaking out against something, you're speaking against it. And that that same rhetoric flows flows really nicely into our real talk conversation about is it can you be patriotic? Can you love America and support the troops and kneel and not stand or not stand during the national anthem? Can I just short circuit that, though? Because, like, people have been talking about that a lot. They talk about um, the the whole idea of whether this is patriotic or not patriotic or whether he has a right or not. And I honestly, you know, that's not it, – it, it, it feels false to me. Like, it feels like we're we're not talking about what we need to be talking about. And mm-hmm. it, it, it it's a distraction. I know, like – and we talked about this. So, like, don't get it wrong. Don't be, like, going on here talking about – Oh, Bedford, he's like talking down to Lamisha. No, we planned this a little bit. So that was a setup. I just want to say that because I don't want nobody mad at me. But um, as I'm saying this is like it's 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 not about whether he's able to or whether he's not able to or whether he's allowed to. Who the hell who's who's supposed to allow someone? Right. Mm -hmm. Like who's going to tell me as a person that I have a specific way I must give I must give voice to a, a problem that's happening in the community, in my home, that's happening to me, that's happened to my family. Mm-hmm. Like, I can only tell you in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Like, otherwise, like, what I'm what I'm doing is somehow not okay and not and 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 and, and should not be listened to. Right. I mean, like, I, I find that to be um, 
I mean, it's in in disingenuine at, at the very least. I I would agree with you that that it's distracting. Mm-hmm. And this came up in in other issues around Black Lives Matter and different different incidents. And I can't make, draw a parallel right now, but what comes up for me and why I think it's valid and 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 relevant, particularly, I think, is at least acknowledging. Um, what for some gets when they do their value sorts, right? And we're saying that today is 9-11 and we acknowledge how significant that was in, in our own individual histories, in the history of America, the the impact that it currently has today, that it still continues to have. And I would say that there's an increased amount of sensitivity um, around 9-11, patriotism, the flag, whatnot. And I can I can acknowledge that there's increased sensitivity. I, I are don't you saying say for today, or are you talking I would about say, in general. I would say today, especially because there's this whole Twitter beef happening right now between Roland Martin and Kate Upton, and and Kate Upton is a model, and Roland Martin is a is a political commentator and a journalist, and her position being that like folks shouldn't basically. Uh, demonstrate or demonstrate or, or protest on 9-11. Like, do it any day, but not today. Well, who, who the hell is she? Like, who are you? Who is Kate Upton to tell anybody what they need to do? And in, and who is anybody to do that? We're, we live in the United States. And, like, what I, I guess what I'm getting at is, like, I don't need anyone to tell me that I have a right to do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't need your blessing mm-hmm. to talk about what's happening in the street. I don't need, I don't, I, we don't need their permission. And when I say there, what I'm talking about is people who have some sort of need to look for order instead of looking for justice, right? Yeah. So like, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say that I feel like there's the, the, what I called sensitivity. I would say that it's a, it's another demonstration of white fragility around these issues that, that the inability to tolerate the both and. And just being really stuck with, no, you have to do it this way. This way is the right way. And it's problematic. It's very problematic that, and I think that this moment, particularly on this day, really highlights that. The fact that a player lost his endorsement for taking a knee. Yeah. Uh, I mean. And you got players doing all kinds of nonsense that that is clearly illegal, having lost a nickel. Well, I mean, you got players who have beat people and Thank beat you. their wives and. Do, I mean, but you, you carry notice, weapons and and use drugs and are fine and have to sit. They don't lose endorsements. You take a knee, you, you lose an endorsement. I think it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, I think that what we're talking about is the reaction mm-hmm. to rebellion against white supremacy. Because mm-hmm. that because if it wasn't linked to white supremacy, then it wouldn't be a problem. Right. Like, I'm just saying, like, we, it, it's it's. Like what is it? What is the 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 symbolism of a black person who's not standing for mm-hmm. the flag or standing for? I mean, what they did to to Gabby about her just standing at attention wasn't good enough. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this idea that we have to proselytize ourselves to this 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 symbol of oppression, right? You know, and like it is that it, it is for many people in the world and for people here. It is a symbol. I mean, when you talk about the U.S. flag, and we can have dual consciousness, okay? Thank you. Don't, like, get it twisted. Like, I, when I look at the United States flag, when Mm -hmm. I hear the national anthem, even though, and I just found out, I did not know that there was a whole slavery verse, which is now messing with me on that. I have 
that same patriotic reaction. We've talked about this before. And I'm a critical thinking, fully functioning human being that sees the truth around me. Mm-hmm. And when I know that in San Francisco, you have like a as a black person, you have over a 300 percent higher chance of being shot by the police than a white person. Hmm. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's, it's it, you know, it, it, it's um, the 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 reality of this is, is is it's a little bit maddening. And then the way that people come at responding is maddening. And I think, you know, there's this article by Dave Zirin uh, in The Nation and uh, it's a it's called Colin. Kaepernick is winning. And let me show, could you read it for us? Absolutely. So the article goes something like, what Goodell, Jerry Rice, and Beinart have in common is that they are 2016 textbook examples of Martin Luther King Jr.'s searing description of, quote, the white moderate in his letter from a Birmingham jail. When he wrote, he being Dr. King, wrote, I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride towards freedom, is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate, who is more devoted to order than to injustice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time, and who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Yeah. Yeah, so when I when I hear when I listen to that, when I read that, it just hit me because I feel like that we're we're being told that all the time. And it's not just from from, you know, white moderates. It's from you know, black moderates and mm-hmm. Asian moderates and and male moderates and female moderates and gay moderates and straight moderates and everyone telling us to bide our time and wait for things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of black people waited, you know, whole generations of black people waited, you mm-hmm. know, and they died and nothing happened. Right. You know, it's. It, I, I'm tired of waiting. I think that right. Colin is, too. And there is no convenient season. Right. There is no convenient season. Well, when is change it? is never convenient. Yeah. Oh, but but your in, the injustice is supposed to be convenient for us, you know. Right. So we're supposed to just sit and suffer. Right. Exactly. And we're supposed to sit and suffer so you feel better. Exactly. That you can't tolerate the blow, the both and right. right. It's nine eleven, and there is injustice in the world, particularly well, in America. I think it's like I would say. They can't tolerate being. Excuse me. They can't tolerate being exposed to the injustice that we live with every day. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, it's not. It, I mean, I it, 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 it. This really bothers me. This is one of the harder parts about like doing multicultural training and stuff like that. It's like this feeling of, and it goes to the fragility piece. Like. I can't deal with this pain, this discomfort in the room when we're talking about you know, whatever ism is happening where I have privilege, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm a man, then it's so hard for me. It's so, you got to take so much care of me just to sit through a woman talk about her trauma, mm-hmm. you know? What about the woman talking about her trauma? Mm-hmm. What about her going through the trauma and having to re-experience the trauma and having to re-experience it just 
for my male butt trying to 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 learn something mm-hmm. you know like the it, it it's so one note and so privileged and so so entitled like i'm so entitled right to not feeling uncomfortable that you must live uncomfortably forever or not live uh-huh yes as long as you don't bother me mhm and and you can protest but just don't get on the bridge Right. And you can protest, but you can do it over there. Yeah. But you can protest, but stay on the sidewalk. That's right. We're going. You're on a roll, sis. I mean, that's that was the whole issue in Oakland, right? Well, I mean, and the, and the tweets and the messages from the city, city and then from the mayor's office was, it's just ridiculous. Right. And we, I'm tired of making myself convenient for everybody else. Well, I think that that's, I mean, what what we're hitting on is this whole idea of respectability, right? Yes. Respectability mm-hmm. politics. And even the fact that, that, that Colin Kaepernick has shifted from sitting to taking a knee. And whatever decision that he, he came to as an individual to do that, I don't have, you know, beef or comment on it. You know, that's him and his journey and his walk. And he gets to... to make those decisions for himself. But I, but I strongly from the outside, maybe critiquing it would say that, yeah, it's a reflection of, Oh, well, sitting was, was just not good enough. Right. So let me demonstrate that. I, let me show you, let me behave in a manner that demonstrates this idea of this concept of what it, what it is to be respectable or to be respectful, to pay deference to. Right. Well, I mean, like, well, I think, so so you're saying that him taking a knee is him like walking back? I would say from and I don't again, I'm not going to comment on what his decision was because I don't know his decision. But I would say that, yeah, that I'm sure that sitting was probably seen as being one way and taking a knee was being seen as being a better way. Hmm. You know, I, I saw it slightly different I and I could be completely off, but like I was thinking that it was like a more active kind of statement to to. To in, when everyone else is supposed to stand to take a knee, um, because in the sense of you're taking a knee, you're still um, in participating potentially in like in the lineup or in the positioning of commu- com- you know the community aspect of like being on the sideline together as a team. Right. right. If he's sitting back on the bench, he's not participating in like the team aspect of that. No, I get that. I guess what I'm saying is I, I just saw it as him making it more clear. You know, they don't have to look. The cameras don't have to go behind the people and he can't be hidden. He's out in front. But, you know, mm-hmm. I think I think this is the thing. You know, once you get in the limelight and you start doing this type of stuff, you're going to be open to critique. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the critique has to be fair and the critique has to be contextualized. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff that some of these people have been saying about, you know, questioning his race and questioning his blackness and questioning whether he has a right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it's ridiculous. You know, right. I. I, I uh, been very disappointed with some of the people who have questioned this man's blackness. Um, like, who are they? Who are they to 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 do any of that? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, he's doing something. You know, it's it's it perhaps may, in a barrel. I don't know if I go there. I don't like that term. You don't like um, the term? I uh, think I for me it it resonates. Oh, uh, it feels like it's it's a deficiency piece. It's like saying that we're we're the reason that we're not able to get out of the barrel when in fact we were stuffed in the barrel and we were like taken out of water and we were we there's a freaking lid on the barrel. Um, I don't know. Like, but there's this whole piece about about rather than I don't know. 
perhaps I can I can understand your position on on that euphemism of crabs in the barrel, but I do find it to be quite interesting when people who you might think would support or acknowledge the things that you're doing because of similarities in your identities are are some of the most critical, right? And this is a whole black women and talking about Gabby Douglas's hair, right? Well, the way that I would, the, the, the term, terminology that I would use is like the colonized mind. Hmm. So like this idea, and I, I feel like it puts the responsibility where it should be, which is the colonizer. Um, there are many ways in which black people and whoever else is in oppressed groups have been made to be, for us, racist against our own selves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see something and we see it through a white frame first. Because yes. we're trained to live life looking at everything through a white frame. I'm a black psychologist, but like before that, I'm a white psychologist. I'm way more trained in white psychology than Absolutely. I am in black psychology. Absolutely. And it's useful to me and all that stuff, but like it doesn't feed me. You mm-hmm. know, it's not it's not a good thing for me. Um, you have to be, you, in order to be healthy as a, a person who's not from the dominant group, whether you're talking about any side of your identity, whatever the intersections are, you have to be able to look at yourself and see yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you hear someone like Shaq talking about how it's not okay and how he wished there was better time, that's not Shaq talking. That's the colonizer talking. If Shaq really took a step back and list- and looked at it, I would say that Shaq wouldn't say that. Mm. But Shaq needs to learn. Shaq, can't believe you said that, bro. I was always with you. I was always with you, man. I didn't, I'm not a Kobe fan. I'm a Lakers fan. I couldn't be a Lakers fan when you left and Kobe stayed. But now I feel bad because you said that dumb stuff. Please take it back. Um, for real, bro. Please. Uh, so. I would love I would love um, to share with our listeners a little bit more about the idea of the colonized mind. So if we can find any articles or if you might be able to pen a piece on it, I think it would be very useful. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff out there. on. I mean, like, uh, I think that... Um, there's some good books. Uh, uh, Psychology of Blacks is a is a good book where you can start, and that's by um, Parham Obasi and Ajamu, uh, Parham White Obasi and Ajamu, um, and uh, yeah, like that. I think that's something that we can talk about a lot. But it's like this. I I mean, if you want to get deep into it, uh, the first place you should go is uh, Franz Fanon, uh, Black Skin, White Mask. Like, if you want to get, like, go down to the get down, get down on this, like, the real start. We're talking about French Antilles, brother's a psychiatrist. He's talking about, like, losing his identity based, because he's confronted with, like, the, the encounter with the disgust of the white people around him and how he built his identity back up. It's a basis for much of black psychological theory. So, like, if you're, if you're, if you're a grad student out there, go pick that book up. You need to know. Um Franz Fanon, and I'll tell you about his three questions or his, his three questions for mental health another time. Uh, so, so with that, wow, yeah, that was that was deep. Uh, I think you know, there's so much to say in there. Um, oh man, I'm I, you know, there's so much to say, and maybe we'll come back at some point because I think there's a lot to talk about. We've talked about colorism. Um, we we were talking about this colonized mind piece, and I think there's something that we really need to get into around this idea of not being black enough, Mm. you know, and having your identity as a black person defined by other people's like 
you know, judgments. And I think that happens in all in all kinds of communities where we're not the the dominant group. You know, are you not gay enough? Are you not woman enough? Are mm-hmm. you you know, are you not a big enough activist? Uh, you all like going when you're in college, uh, if you if you went to college or if you went into a space where you go in a church. Uh, and you're not Christian enough, you know, or something like that, where you walk into this space where these people are who you really deeply want to identify with, you really deeply want to find a home with, and then they look at you and say you're not good enough without knowing, without knowing anything about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that happening to Colin uh, in, in the media right now because he has light skin. And uh, I, I would say, you know what, like, I, I'm going to go with Jesse, Jesse Williams on this, you know, unless you have a a history of doing for our people, you know, and calling out injustice, then maybe you should just Sit be the hell quiet. Sit down. Sit down. That's what he said. Keep so. it keep it to yourself. But I also want to acknowledge that there have been a lot of folks who have rallied around Colin Kaepernick and have been supportive and loving towards him and, and others out there who are taking a stand and, and on their walk in social justice. So we sure. just want to big up y'all and encourage you to keep doing what you're doing because uh, all the all the small things, they really do add up yeah. and, and they might be small in comparison to... I don't know, the bigger picture, but um, for you and in your individual heart and for those that are around you, you never know how how impactful a small act can can really have. It's real talk. And just by the way, since we are in the Bay Area, brother, Colin, if you ever do want to come on the show, absolutely we welcome you, even though you are a San Francisco quarterback. It's all good, man. I mean, I'm from San Diego. Oh, I'm San Diego cool. Chargers See, fan. that's my bet for you. I got love for my, for my bloom bowl. But like, you know, hey, I got to keep it real. He knows. He knows. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. But like, bruh, you know, it, 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 you'd be more than welcome to come on up here from uh, Santa Clara um, and, uh, and, and talk about whatever you want to talk about because you've earned that. My brother. All right. All so- right. I think that takes us into the self-care tip of the day. Self-care tip of the day. Power of being silly. I'm reading that. Okay. Um, So the power of being silly. Sometimes when you are faced with a world that seems to be fine with injustice, you might be tempted to give up. When that voice starts to get loud in me, I find that the best response is to listen to the kid inside of me. Take a moment and listen for your own inner child. Have you been spending much time listening to your younger you? It's telling you that maybe you should just take a moment to play. The world is a ridiculous place. So why must we always be serious? So again, take a moment and listen to your younger self. Is it telling you to dance around, to sing a song, to chase your dog around the room? Is it pleading with you to let yourself go for a moment, to pretend that you're your favorite hero and your partner needs to be saved and the only way to do this is to go jump on the bed? Maybe. Who knows? You'll have to listen to find out. Wonderful. And if you need any inspiration with learning how to tap into that younger self, we encourage you to check out the hashtag carefreeblackkids2k16 and uh, maybe get inspired by some young folk just being young and free. 
There you go. Right. Be young. And I have to give it up to my my homegirl, Miss Leanna Lewis, who who said once to me at brunch, she said, oh, you must have forgot I was free. Mm. And I'll never forget it. That's what's up. Isn't that, that sounds like that came from somewhere. Where did that come from? It came from, for me, it came from her. Okay. I don't know where it came from for her. (laughs) We might have to ask her about it. But these moments, these moments, like, uh uh-uh, you must have forgot I was free. Yeah. You must have forgot. I've had I've had moments. I've had you moments must have, like you that. You must have forgot. Like I'm free. That's a nice way of putting it. Like I I I I feel like that is a really wonderful way of saying I wish you would. Mm-hmm. You know, that's real. I like that. Okay, and I just wanted to like throw out there for for our folks who are you know psychology geeks and nerds and stuff and the grad students out there. That self care tip. That's Ellisonian style CBT. Life is ridiculous. If you make your mind believe that things are so important, it will make you get depressed or anxious. Let go of some of that stuff. Uh, so go look up Ellis. Ellis, go look up Beck and uh, write a paper on it. And it's due next week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Professor. Oh, you're so funny. Yeah. So are we? That's, that's, that's it. Yeah. Wow. So next week. Wow, we get to say next week on naming it. Yes, this first time ever. Right, we know uh, what we're gonna talk about. Yeah, <laughs> so we won't be in a quiet storm again next week. Maybe I don't know. We have to figure out what we're gonna be in this one. So next week, Doctor Conjit Page, psychologist, love, relationships, and sex, y'all. We're gonna be talking about that next week in episode eleven because this is episode ten, y'all. Episode ten of naming it. All right. Can you do the the womp 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 that? Okay, yeah. Which you know one? the the horn sound. The wah, 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 or something. I uh, don't. No, mm, okay. That's too much for me. That's too much. That's too much. You're that's doing too much. much. Okay. All right. So for details about topics mentioned in this episode, check out our website, namingitpodcast.com, and make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, IG at Naming It Podcast. Yeah, if you like what you hear, go ahead and leave us a review. Um, and just to like, I, I want to, I'm going to expand that. Go onto iTunes and leave us a review and it's super quick. You don't have to write a lot. Just go ahead, do the rating and the review. If you're not going to do it on iTunes, go and do it on pod, um, Podbean, um, where we're housed and you can just say that you like us and follow us. And that stuff helps because if we can expand, uh, that, that'll be great. So if you want to discuss a specific topic, Send us a message or a tweet, and uh, we'll try to incorporate that into the next episode. Actually, I'm just going to add on to that, too, because we are going to be talking about relationships. We've said this before. Folks, send us something about relationships. Send us questions. Send us, like, anything you want. Tell us about what you want to hear in terms of relationships for next week. Otherwise, we're going to talk about yeah. somebody else's stuff. Exactly. Yeah, we will. we will definitely take a list of questions for Dr. Page. All right. right. So where can we find you at Bedford on social media? You can find me at DRBF Palmer on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. You can just Google me. I have a really big internet footprint. Awesome. And I am at Lamisha Hill on Twitter. And as always, a special shout out to Music on Naming It, provided by Lee England Jr., the sole violinist. And you can find his work at Lee England Jr. on social media. Great. That's it for tonight. Episode number 10. Bye, Storm.